Welcome to issue 177 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets, and we'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting Almost as if you were prepared for a fight, Sandman unleashes a deluge of dust upon you, sand blasting the surrounding buildings and filling large portions of the streets with tidal sands. Though people in the area try their hardest to escape, the surging sands become too much as the battle rages on. There are civilians in desperate need of rescue. Phew! That was close! Blinded by rage, Venom charges you, shouting something or other about how you won't capture him again. Every attempt you make to repel the onslaught is ultimately in vain, enraging him further with each hit, and the brutality of his blitz starts to overwhelm you. However, from high atop Oscorp, you see an old bell tower not too far away. If you can lure Venom in that direction, which shouldn't be hard giving his frenzied fever, you may be able to use the bell's sonic vibrations to your advantage. Delving deeper into Oscorp, a maze of mirrors and phantom phobias obscure your path, confusing your perspective and forcing you to fight through a never-ending horde of hallucinations. The illusions begin to distort your sense of reality, eroding the shoreline between your rational, conscious self and a subliminal torrent of your basest fears. Mysterio disappears in a puff of smoke, revealing that you've been led into an underground silo. The stillness in the room quickly erupts into a chaotic melee as each member of the sinister sex bursts from the darkness. Using a device he completed during your slog through Oscorp, Norman Osborne finally twists the Venom symbiote to his will, binding with it. This triumvirate of terror takes to the skies of New York City, dropping symbiotic goo on unsuspecting citizens, attempting to create the army he was previously denied. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Steve, and joining me tonight are Mike and Daniel. Hi, fellas! Hello! So when do we get the symbiotic goo card? Ooh, festering mass. <laughs> so, the story's hitting close to home for, for all of us here on June 7th, and in recording. This is uh, kind of we're in the early stages of the Canadian takeover of the United States. Yeah, at least the Sandman part, definitely. The deluge of dust and smoke. Yeah. 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 It's kind of funny. All my American friends are like, oh my god, are you okay up there? Like, yeah, we were burning for two months. You're seeing it now? <laughs> we're fine. Our state of emergency is over. Yeah. So now they've sent it southwards, and I'm sure your military is kind of close behind. Oh, yeah. No, no. They're right behind it going. <laughs> 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 well, as one of our minions said, um, it's a great excuse to lock yourself inside and play more Marvel Champions. So, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Mike, is it true that the only submarine in your Navy is in the mall in Edmonton? No, that's not true. Those aren't even submarines. <laughs> little quarter rides, little the little underwater train track things that look like submarines. It's... Oh, growing up as a Minnesotan, we were always told that like the Canadian Navy was in Edmonton. That's because there was a fight between the West Edmonton Mall and the Mall of America. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. A fight we won. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah, um, oh yeah you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a kind of victory. Anyway. Hey, Steve. speaking of uh, playing games indoors. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to uh, shout out to a lovely listener named Ryan. Hi, Ryan. It was a pleasure meeting you at BusterCon. Said some very nice things about us. It was great. Awesome. Nice guy. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Is this, is this the guy you told us about that recognized your voice? And created great jealousy in me. Yeah, totally. It was awesome. Uh-huh. And the only reason I told you was to create the great jealousy. Mm. It worked. It worked so evil and villainous of you. Oh, perfect villain. Mm. Mm. Well, um, we know what Mike was thinking about, but Daniel, 
What's on your mind tonight? Well, you guys remember how you got to go on that Moon Knight podcast with Ray? Yeah. And I was left out. Like, no one even told me. It was sad. Try to make you jealous. Yeah. Um, Well, anyway, he emailed to say something really, really nice. He says, hey, you guys. Just dropping a line to say how much I've been enjoying your show as a complimentary podcast to my game playing on high rotation in my podcast catcher. You always manage to get me thinking about the game and the mechanics involved. Had you covered who each of your favorite nemeses are? I recall Daniel saying he loves Madam Viper. A great choice. I just played for the first time Phoenix and had the great fortune of drawing shadows of the past. And man, how good is Dark Phoenix? I had a blast getting my language to me. <laughs> In response to you asking listeners what Morbius means from Spider's Nemesis set, I had a little fun with it. Monster or really big interdimensional unidentified species. Marvel, make it so. Keep up the great work, guys. Can't wait to hear you cover the likes of Strife, Mr. Sinister, and Juggernaut. I remain. Ray, what a great email! Yeah, thanks, Ray. A lot of points there. I really enjoy his Morbius. Um, yeah, what that good. stands for. Yeah. yeah, just to be clear, I actually was invited. Everybody, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, know. we know. I don't want people to think I'm like you know loser. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what a great email! Thank you, Ray. Great to yeah. hear from you. Thanks, Ray. I don't think we've covered our favorite nemesis, but I think we'll leave that for another show, and uh, we can yeah, talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We got some work to do tonight, Steve, don't we? Yeah, we do. Oof. Why don't you tell yes. us about Yeah, so you heard the dramatic reading at the beginning, and for some of you, that might have been the first time you heard those words, because that is the thematic narrative that you get out of the rule book. <laughs> so, <laughs> all 28 seconds of it. For others, you read it all the time. One paragraph at the start of each scenario. So we are going to cover the campaign for Sinister Motives. We're going to talk about the rules, the reputation track, and all the rest of the campaign cards that we haven't already touched on. Mm. So I'm going to start out with a couple of the really generic rules that we're going to use, and then we'll move into the reputation track, because I think the first half is pretty simple, and then the second half is really interesting and unique. So for for every game, if you're playing – this is campaign mode – Expert or standard, it doesn't matter, or standard two, expert two, whatever you're going to play. Every single game you're going to put in the public outcry modular. So that means the public outcry environment card will be in play on the correct side, either standard or expert, and you will shuffle smear campaign treachery into the deck. That is just a straight-up rule for every single scenario. And you never get out of it. Never get out of it. Um, If you play, when you get to Mysterio, the first player is going to get the Venom Ally, so the designers are being really nice to you, and they're giving you an ally card to start with. A very uh, good one. Yeah. And then in the Sinister Six, the first player is going to get the ally Venom again, and you could be adding extra threat to the light at the end side scheme based on the number of illusions you had left over with Mysterio. And I think in our campaign, we only ended up with like two by the time the game ended. So yeah, pretty small. Yeah. And then there's one more. Every time you're going to play with a campaign community service card and there are five of them and it's like going to tell you put one in that you haven't completed they all have victory points so eventually you might clear them and they won't come back but you're going to shuffle in one that you haven't already completed you can only save one cat in a tree right 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 if you've saved the cat in the tree it won't come back but if you don't save the cat in the tree it could come back into the next scenario so some pretty basic rules there but it's really not a lot going on, is it? Right. No, because the real part of this game is that shines, I think, for this campaign is reputation track. So let's Absolutely. talk about that. Who wants to talk about that? Mike. <laughs> because I he has like. the best reputation among the three of us. Oh, the reputation sense. track. Uh, so I, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I really love this. It's uh, Your VP goes towards this track. For every VP you get, after finishing a scenario, you cross one of these circles off. And there's little, like, they're basically stretch goals, right? If you get one, then two things happen. You get a shield tech upgrade, which you get to put into play at the beginning of every game. Fantastic. And it's, it's a permanent card. And then that's on the left side. And then the, on the right side, there's these, they're almost like catch-up mechanics in a sense. Like, as you get better, the encounter deck also gets better. So in this case, an Osborne tech attachment gets selected at random and is shuffled into the encounter deck. So you get something nice and the bad guys get something nice. And it's 
I find it really cool because it doesn't severely unbalance the game. It's not like if you're doing really poorly or really well that it changes the difficulty of the scenarios going forward. It just, the better you're doing, the more you get and the more challenges you face. And I think that's a neat way of doing things. Yeah, I really like that it's not a win more or a lose more. They could have easily said, oh, you failed to get enough victory points so the bad guys get this thing. So it makes the next one harder. So you fail to get more victory points. So they get another. Right. Like they could have. It could have been, or vice versa, right? The heroes are getting. It could have been two tracks, kind right? Of, right? Yeah, and unbalanced. Yeah, and that, I think having it at one is right. just genius. Yeah, I remember also first thinking like, ah, oh, it would have been cool if like the good guys and the bad guys advanced on this track like a little bit differently. Like the good guys get something at five, but the bad guys get something at four. But I don't know, right? Like because it always happens at the exact same time. You get something, they get something. Um, yeah, staggering it a little bit might, I, who knows what it would have done, but it's also kind of pointlessly not complex, but just another thing to think about in a game that's already at times fiddly with the way you have to think about it. Yeah. I think by, if they were offset, like you, you're saying, then players could maybe game it a little more like, Oh, I won't get one more because oh, it's going to give the villain one but if i stop now then i can i can just burst past a few next time or something like great that point. Yeah. Yeah. you know that's a cheaty hero thing to do you know they would yeah, do oh, it. it is yeah they would admit it now mike you talked about victory points on cards that can't possibly be the only way to get reputation in this game no in fact i believe there's only one victory no there's there's two victory points per scenario am i right steve one of them is on your uh public outcry Yep. Correct. And then the community service campaign side schemes also have victory points. So, right, you can so that's pick, two. Yep, you can pick it up like that. And then actually, we'll talk about it a little later, there's actually a negative victory point, so you could lose victory points from one of the campaign cards. But I think that's it. Yeah, so the rest are just conditions. It's uh, if there's no minions in play when you win the game, plus one. If there's no side schemes in play, plus one. No threat on the main scheme, plus one. Uh, fewer than one per player acceleration tokens in play, or no defe- no defeated identities, you get plus one. So max, max, we're saying seven? That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And something else that's neat about this is that uh, you mentioned earlier about the uh, public outcry, like it requires you to defeat minions or side schemes. You actually start with them in play if you're doing well enough on the track. Because... Yeah. The, what is it? After nine victory points, everyone starts with a minion, and then after, right. yeah, what seventeen? Everyone starts with a, or you start with a side scheme. So there's that. So, what guys is your favorite thing for us, the bad guys, to get on this reputation track? Ooh. I mean, those Osborne techs are really good. Yeah. Um I don't think that threat on the main scheme is doing too much. No, and you could you could end up shuffling three Osborne techs in by the time you. You know, you get to scenario four or five. An encounter card, it's kind of boring. I like. I think I like starting with the minion. Um, yeah. I have to go I like, get one. Yeah, I like number uh, 17. I like them getting the, the scenario-specific side scheme. Because they're always... I mean, if you all remember from our previous shows about each each scenario in this campaign, the side schemes really do a number on players. And if that's happening right away... That's pretty tricksy. Yep, and there's an important word in there. Scenario-specific. Specific, yeah. So you yep. cannot go and choose your campaign reward with victory points on it. No. Right, and scenario-specific means if you are playing Sinister Six, it has to have the word Sinister Six in the corner, right? It, yep. It, yeah. It's not from Guerrilla Tactics. It's it's not something else. So when you play Venom Goblin, it's like Joyride or Festering Mass. Neither one the heroes want to see. No. So, yeah. Um, and so that's that's my favorite because those side schemes, you know, he's not set up yet as a good guy, and then you've got to deal with that. So let's talk about the good guy side for a second because it is sure. smart to know your enemy. Um, on this side, the one I think that is probably the most intriguing is the one where you get to go and the he- the heroes will cheat by putting cards from outside their assigned aspect into their deck. I like that. That one's really neat because you could have somebody playing all aggression and three protection cards. So that, that's that's neat. It's fun. What do you get the extra mulligan? Did you ever use it? I mean, we always had it. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, I really like it. Uh, it. It's honestly like 
sort of a sleeper, powerful effect. You can yeah. set your hand up so well. I mean, anytime the heroes get to, you know, cycle their hand twice, and, and, it's and, just so cheaty. And thin their deck, yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, starting with a helicarrier mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty horrid. Yeah. My favorite is in the campaigns when everybody hits their helicarrier out or whatever it is, and, uh, like, the very first card is uh, caught off guard. Get rid of that helicarrier. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and then, of course, and we'll be talking about this at length, I imagine, later, the coveted symbiote suit. Yeah, that, that requires a whole little segment, I think. So when we get yeah. to it, let's talk about it in detail. Yeah, yeah. So this campaign style is very different, right? Rise of Red Skull was, you got some upgrades and some things happen. There's a lot of text in the rule book about different setup stuff. Guardians of the Galaxy had the whole market where you were getting victory points and buying cards to put in your deck. The Mad Titan Shadow, again, had, like, the shawarma and some different... I mean, it had some cards you got. and It was more of, like, an achievement. You had to do this thing in the game, complete a side scheme or something, to flip it to, to win that reward. And then this has a reputation track. So which one have you enjoyed the most? Like, which style of campaign? Mm. Well, first, I love that they've all been different. And they yes. haven't relied on, like, victory points going to the store thing. Um, right. Spoiler, the X-Men one is different as well. So we'll be going into that one. And that campaign is different. So that's cool. Yep, that's cool, too. Um, I I pref- I like the reputation track a lot. I prefer how uh, the previous campaign does it with, like, you gots to earn it through action. Right? And this is, too, I guess, you're getting victory points and stuff, but... Like the the completed objective thing, I I don't know. It, it speaks to my more narrative brain, you know. Like, I think it almost depends on my mood. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, this is great when you have a big group, and it's like, how good can we get? Like, our goal is like, let's let's go for that symbiote suit. That adds another another achievement in a sense for this mm-hmm. reputation track. Whereas, I think playing solo, I really enjoyed the market. Because you get okay. to pick and choose whatever will shore up your deck. Okay, interesting. Okay. I, I, I think I go with the reputation track. The one, the one thing I didn't necessarily like about the reputation track. I think, I think it's the best one. And I, I really enjoy it. The one downfall with it is maybe you're at end game, you're ready to win, and you're like, nope, nope, I got to get rid of the side scheme. I got to clear these minions. I got to get the minions out. Yeah, I, I got right. Yeah. I, I reference back. What do I have to do? Oh, I could kill him, or I could remove all the threat from the main scheme and then kill him next turn. So I get the extra bonus. I did find myself sort of like stalling to, to gain better points off the reputation track. That does I right. appreciated that we didn't do that, but I get, I definitely see how it is a temptation. That's going to keep this game going even longer. Right. I think the one way to uh, limit that from happening is if you're going to win, yeah, clean the board up as much as you can that round but win the yeah. same round, right? Like, oh, we can kill these minions off and still win this round instead of stalling to next round. Right. So, yeah. Because sometimes that bites you in the butt. Oh, it has, yeah. And then and then you keep that same, you know, logic. <laughs> All right, well, we'll finish them this round, and then the round after. And then you just, yeah. you're kicking a can down the road for yeah. another five, hour and a half. Yeah, five more turns or something. Like, oh, yeah. man. No. Yeah. It's, it's general. I mean, you're fighting for a victory point or two here. Um, so, all right. So we've talked about the campaign, the reputation track. Should we look at some of these cards? Well, we talked about this public outcry a lot. What, what even is that? Yeah. Okay. So public outcry is its own set. It has two cards in it. I'll read public outcry. So please do. Public outcry is an environment. It's a two-sided card. All right. So I love these. On side one is the standard mode only. Victory 1 uses two-per-player notoriety counters. With a response, after a minion or side scheme is defeated, remove one notoriety counter from here, and it just has an acceleration icon. Okay. The reverse side is the expert mode version. Victory 1 uses three notoriety counters per player. Response, after a minion or side scheme is defeated, remove one notoriety counter from here, and it has a hazard icon. Mm. Like I said, if you're playing in campaign, it says... This starts in play all the time in every campaign. Yeah. So you have an acceleration or a hazard. And having to beat up nine minions takes a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Because the encounter deck has to feed them to you. So you're getting that extra card for a long time. Yikes. Yeah, even the acceleration icon, like say solo, you have to defeat uh, two minions or a minion side scheme mm-hmm, twice. Mm-hmm. But you have that acceleration and, and that can that can add up a little bit in solo. So Yeah, that hurts. In three player we didn't notice it. No. Not solo really. that hurts a lot. No. It makes me think like this is a good campaign for Asgardians. I mean, don't Valkyrie and Thor both like beating on minions? Um, they do. And fetching them? Uh, but also, you can do this with side schemes, too. So the Justice sure. players have sure. some oh, what motivation for one the way Justice or another. Players. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you have to, you know, feed them some love. No, that's all they get is love. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of getting love, so part of the big backstory of this whole campaign is that the people, for some reason, hate the heroes. Well... They don't like those, you know, menace wall crawler types. And it's all about wall crawlers. We have our J. Jonah Jameson to thank for getting the people on the right side of these quote unquote heroes. Yeah. They they understand that it's cheaty, the cheaty heroes. So smear campaign is the treachery that comes with this two card set. In expert mode, this card gains surge. So when revealed smear campaign, if public outcry is in play, Place two notoriety counters on it. Then remove this card from the game. If public eye cry is not in play, place two threat in the main scheme. <laughs> I love this. Oh, like you're one away and this pops up. Fantastic. And it has three boost icons. Yeah. No, it's good no matter what. It's lame when you finish the camp, like bad publicity too early, but or public outcry, I mean. Um, and it just adds two threat. But oh, putting the notoriety counters is just so funny. It's interesting that it cycles through the encounter deck once public outcry is not in play. But if you reveal it early, it's out. It's gone. Yep. Right. Uh, I think this is far more difficult in solo. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, it's not scaling at all. Right. It doesn't scale at all. Now, yeah, I've, I don't know if I've ever revealed this early enough to really hit public outcry. Oh, really? I'm sure you revealed the three boost icons. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and the two threat happened a lot. But, like, you normally start with something in a scenario. And if you've gotten any of the stretch goals on the reputation track, you're starting with two things. So you almost always have enough already to get out of public outcry. In solo, maybe a turn or two? Yeah. In solo, yeah. yeah. There's a couple. Like, there's some... Uh, Sinister Six doesn't have a whole lot of enemies in it. Just two if you're playing by the basic rules. Yeah. A couple Daniels in there. Um, yeah. I think this is a great little, I know it's campaign only, but I think you could put it in any scenario. I agree. Any time. Yeah. It's like, I want to play standard 1.5 or something like that, right? Like expert 1.5. It's it's just a little bit more. It's got something to pay attention to. It's fun. I like it. Zero reason that this couldn't be just put into any, any scenario at all. Yeah. And it only dilutes the deck by one card. Right. Or or none if you're playing expert because it searches. Yeah. So. <laughs> and in fact, it's just making it faster because of the hazard. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, there's uh, the public is outraged because they have finally found out the truth about these web slingers. If only there was something these web slingers could do. Yeah, because going right. There's villains in the city doing stuff, but there's other stuff to do as well. That's just happening out there. Like like what, Mike? What else is happening out there? Well, there's all these back alley burglaries happening. Mm. They're everywhere. Uh, yeah. They're surging. Three, three boost icons, too. Isn't that crazy? Surging three boost icons, back alley burglary, side scheme. This has victory one. These all have victory one. This has two threat per player on it. And the forced response after you thwart this scheme, choose to spend a fist resource or discard a random card from your hand. Oof. Yeah, you guys have some... Uh, Pretty rough muggers out there. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. See that merchant over there? Don't just walk away! Oh, I do indeed. You know what we should do? On, I think I have an idea. Oh. Let's go, muggers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got his kitchen knife with him. Um, he's, he's looking down on his luck there. So Yeah. Because you know what justice players have? Fist resources. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they don't usually, do they? <laughs> That's a pocket knife, Steve. That is not a kitchen knife. Oh, I thought it was a steak knife. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, 
another thing you can do if you're a hero is save a cat in a tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can. And those cats are surging all over New York as well with three boost icons. Victory one, three. Three threat per player and thematically the best card. As an additional cost to thwart the scheme, take two indirect damage. Yeah. As the cat tries to scratch your eyeballs out as you're just trying to save its life. I told you this story before, but when I played against Sinister Sticks, this is the only thing that did damage to me. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and for any of you who own cats or have had cats in your life, this is this tracks. Yeah. All right, so... so- uh, the next one of these community service side schemes is the Henchman Heist. Has surged victory one. Three boost icons also. Three threat oh. per player. With the force response, after any amount of threat is removed from this scheme, place an equal amount of threat on the main scheme. Wow. Yeah, this one's fun because like you're busy dealing with the henchman, so you're allowing the villain to get ahead on their scheme, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And another great thing about it is you have to ticky-tack this one. Like... Oh, yeah. You know, like, you, you want to take one off at a time, two off at a time, max, right? Like, Don't take 12. As, yeah, <laughs> right. don't take all 12 at once. Um, and I think this is another one that is a little bit harder for solo. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. skills and all that stuff, but, like... The margins are closer, yeah. The margins are, yeah. Like, depending on when this comes up, it's like, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. Also, um, unlawful confinement. Just want to say the artwork. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He just leaves a guy hanging upside down. That is not healthy. No, that is off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> nice, no, that's Mike. the next card, Mike. Off the rails is a side scheme with, guess what, guys? Three boost icons and Ooh. surge, because it's a surging train. Mm-hmm. Victory one, three threat per player, and the force interrupt when the villain phase begins, place one speed counter here. If there are mm-hmm. at least two speed counters here, remove this card from the game and discard the top three cards of each player's deck. Because Love they got it. smashed by the train. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. The the time, like you only have a very limited amount of time to save this. So so good. So themey. Yeah. This is the one I think maybe is harder in multiplayer. Yep. Just because there'll be more threat and everyone has to kind of turn around and focus on it. I mean, not a lot, but I don't know. Three threat for a solo player might be okay, but nine in a three player game, if people aren't ready for it, could be a little harder. Yep. Hmm. All right, so the train is smashed into a building, creating rubble, and some folks need to be rescued. Nice, Steve. That's our next card, <laughs> Rubble Rescue. It's another side scheme with Surge, Victory 1, three boost icons, five threat per player. With the mm-hmm. interrupt, when a character makes a basic thwart against this side scheme, they may use their ATK instead of their thwart. So... They can use their their muscles to lift the rocks up and save the people underneath using their attack stat instead of their thwart stat. I wish this were they had to. Yes, me too. Yeah. yeah. I don't get why you can use your thwart. Like, this should be one that kind of hoses the justice nerds a little bit. Yep. Oh, it's because they use their smarts to make a pulley with their webs. <laughs> okay. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> Fee murdered. All right, so all five of these, you're only going to ever see one at a time, one per scenario. Mm-hmm. And they can come out and just be out. You don't have to do anything with them. They can just be left there. Other than off the rails, which does have a penalty if you don't do anything with it, you just leave them there. You just fail to get the victory points. That's a fairly minor penalty. Unless you're in Mysterio, then that could be really funny. Yeah, they're like... I mean, they're like, they they are legitimate side schemes, right? They're like little quests you could go on. Like sometimes saving the cat is not the most important thing you need to do, right? But what it does do is it improves your reputation along the reputation track, and yeah. it helps eliminate that public outcry. So it does, right. you know, there there are there are some good benefits to it. So I, I think thematically, it's those are all great, fun little side schemes. I don't know if I would play with them in a general scenario. I was going to ask you about that. Why? I guess it doesn't do anything, does it, to a general scenario? No, it's not really adding anything. Yeah. It dilutes the deck. Who cares about victory? Right. Um, It's similar to those setup cards from Galaxy's Most Wanted. 
except those ones did something either by benefit giving you benefit when you complete them or by harming you until you defeat them these ones just sit out right they're meant to be used in this campaign yeah zero incentive yeah they're only for really the reputation now in one of those um the ffg custom campaign where we you know contest they had i tried to use these in a similar manner you know, you could go on a side quest and save the things, but you're you're giving up time because it's, you're you're distracted. So you'd have to have some have you'd have to have some kind of house rule to make them useful outside the campaign. Yeah, yeah, I think they're good in the campaign. All right, we're, we're still we've still got a few more cards here. Um, the next one's great, uh, Daniel. I feel like this is particularly poignant for you. So why don't you read this one? <laughs> Boy, I have no idea what you mean by that. Um, <laughs> This next one is an attachment. This is a one-card set. The set is Snitches Get Stitches. That is also... And remember that. And remember remember that. that. Now, this has Victory minus one on it, and you attach to Venom Eddie Brock. And if you cannot, this card just gains Surge. Forced Interrupt. When a villain attacks, it attacks Venom. If that attack defeats Venom, add Venom and this card to the Victory Display. And as an action, you can exhaust Venom and spend two resources of the same type to discard it. Hmm. Three boost icons. Yep. So, wow. Yep. I'd yep. love to talk about Venom, but have you ever had this end up in the victory display? Nope. I have not. Uh, I had Venom peace out before this came out. Yep. Me either. <laughs> uh, I have I have had it uh, get attached to Venom, uh, but then I just used Venom to discard it. Right. So, mm. um, because it did not want the negative victory points, and I wanted Venom to be able to maybe cycle back through. Yeah, I guess that's my only complaint a bit, in that it kind of plays against itself. Because Venom, as we'll see, like you don't want him to stay out all the time, so it kind of competes with this a little bit. Yep, it does have the neat interaction where the villain attacks Venom specifically. That um, is very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, it could come out at the wrong time. You know, and force your hand a little bit on decisions, but... Sure. Uh, just to be clear, too, if a villain attacks your ally, you, or or anyone like this, um, you can defend as normal for that character. Uh, yeah, it's but, undefended attacks. Right. Right, that attack Venom? Right, in this case, the, I mean, the villain would attack Venom, and you could still defend for Venom. You could have a different ally jump in front of Venom, that sort of thing. A player across the table could defend for Venom. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yep. So somebody could, you know, stick up for Eddie Brock if they want. Well, this card's even lamer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Venom. Let's do Venom. Because that snitch is not getting a stitch then. No, not really. Uh, I, I... Squirrel Girl just stands in front of him. Ugh. Yes, but if it has overkill, it goes up against Venom, not you. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would be curious for the listeners to tell us if they have had snitches get stitches end up in the victory display for them. So later on. Yeah. You know, Mike will tell you how. S- send us a note. Let us know. So let's read Venom, Mike. Venom. Eddie Brock. An ally who costs four has Toothwort. Three attack. Six wow. hit points. Symbiote traded. Response. After you reveal an encounter card, deal a damage to Venom. To deal damage to an enemy equal to the number of icons, boost and special, in that card's boost area. And it has a high hazard icon. Okay. So... That's what I mean, right? Like, you either don't want that hazard out, or you're damaging him and getting him out of play early. But, holy moly. He's great against Laufey. He's great to have at the beginning of the game. Wow, just, like, to have that soak, to have that three attack. Um, Yeah. He's worth the extra card. I I tend to use him up. Like, that response can be really nice. Since you can do it after you reveal the encounter card, it's going to be like, oh, there's one of those three boosts campaign community service mm-hmm. side schemes let's do three damage you know to an enemy anyone anyone you want yeah um, and notice it doesn't say exhaust or or limit once per turn either. or limit so like claw he could hit himself twice to do both those cards right no because this is when you reveal the encounter card not when you flip over a boost card oh god i'm sorry yep yeah, there is a good distinction, though. That's good to bring it up. It, it's only if you get dealt an encounter card. But he's a hazard, so you could you you will have two we'll encounter have two cards in cards. front of you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, by the end of turn one, if you've attacked or thwarted with him, he's taking a damage. Or if you're a Star-Lord. 
Yeah, okay. Then yeah, huh. then you could just kill him on one round. Oh my god, he could kill the villain. Yep. Just boop, with boop, all boop, the boop. encounter cards you got as Star Lord. Okay, but you don't cancel the encounter card. And you have to reveal the encounter card first. That's fine. Yes. So if the encounter card kills you, then you can deal the damage back. Yeah. Or if it kills Venom, <laughs> you can't use yep. it. Yep. Yeah, because it is a response for after. So after that card is done. You're right. It's not an interrupt, and it doesn't cancel the card. I, it's fun. And it is a basic card, and you can play it in any deck that you build as long as you aren't playing the campaign Sinister Motives. If you are playing the Sinister Motives campaign, you can only use them when instructed to. When instructed, okay. Yep. And that's true of the next card as well, correct? Correct. Okay. Interesting. I like Venom. He's handy. He has a little risk-reward, and I think maybe the reward is pretty good. The risk yeah. is The risk is serious, though. I mean, Hazard's... An expert game with public outcry. You've got two hazard cards. Can add up. But cheaty heroes always manage to get their way out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, tell us about this suit, Steve. Yeah, okay. So, uh, we do have a minion who's dry cleaning these for us. Uh, I haven't seen mine in a while, but I'm going to have to ask him about that. Uh, This is the four-cost symbiote suit upgrade. It's a basic card with the symbiote trait max one per deck. Your identity gets plus one to each of its basic powers, plus one hand size, and plus ten hit points. Oh! Also has a hazard icon on it, and there's four of these, so every player can have one. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, but the plus ten hit points is way too much. Oh, it isn't. It isn't because uh, if you take that ten hit points, and then you decide that the hazard is too much. You can't just get rid of the suit, or you die. <laughs> right, if you <laughs> drop too low. Yes. Yeah, so you can get into this that situation where you're like, I, I don't want the suit anymore, but you have no choice. You're hoping to get uh, that one encounter card, right? No, but if you have less than 10 hit points... Well, that's true. Then losing the suit just kills you. <laughs> right. It's like losing an endurance, right? Yeah. <laughs> you gain um, the hit points, but if it goes away, you lose the hit points. So... You were killing me? What happened to we? Uh, what happened to we? Yeah, look at you now, huh? Now you're dying too. The other thing this really does is it since you're getting plus one to each of your basic powers, yeah. that includes that includes recovery. Uh, yep. Right? Attack, thwart, oh, defense. Yeah. Those leadership cards where it says, add up all your stats and do a massive thwart. And this is plus three to those cards. So well, in our game with Ironheart, I was just like, oh yeah, I'll take this thing and just be huge right off the bat. So yeah. So we have to be wary of those cards that exist in other card games that allow you to play cards from other people's hands. If that ever happens here, someone could end up with four symbiote suits on them. Yeah. It just says max one per deck. It doesn't say one per player. Yep, it doesn't say one per player. Right, right. Then, and then they end up with plus four hand size. The hand size is really nice, too, right? Yeah. Some, some characters will end up with, like, a seven or eight hand size. They could, they could have other cards that give them a boost to their hand size, and then this thing. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's my fun villain part of this card is I have the symbiote suit, but I'm player two. The hazard goes to player one. So I don't get yeah. it to grief you. So that's awesome. That was great. Yeah. That that happened in, in our game where Daniel was like, I don't know if I want this suit anymore. And then we pointed out that it doesn't matter. He's getting the hazard anyways. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if all three of you are wearing your suits, the first player gets four cards. No. It goes around the table, right? For every hazard, you had one out progressively oh, down the bad. line. Yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. Uh, I have made that. Have that many hazards. I made that mistake early on in the life of this game where it's like three hazards. I get, you know, it's like, oh no, if each hazard icon, you deal another card down the line. So player one, then player two, then player three, then player four. So. Yeah. yeah. Which is good because otherwise you could seriously gain that with Star Lord or with um, Scarlet Spider. So it's good for the villain that the cards are spread out. Spread out, yeah. And, and the same goes for the Venom, right? I mean, player one gets dealt Venom at the start of the campaign and it doesn't move. He doesn't move. 
but the hazard moves around the table. So cool. Okay, so there are still a few more cards. These are uh, they're hero cards that Shield provides uh, as you play the scenario and you advance up the reputation track. Right. Um, luckily, you don't get to choose which one you end up with. It is semi-random, right? It says deal yeah. three, three shield tech upgrades at random to a player. That player may choose one to add to their deck. And they're double-sided, so they'll start on the regular side. And then eventually, if you make it up to 13, it'll flip to its enhanced side. So we're not going to talk about all these because they are player cards, but we're going to talk about some of them that we find particularly bothersome for the villains. Um, Mike, you seem to have some strong opinions on one of them. So what, I do, but first, I, I do have strong opinions on the permanent keyword because the Oscorp tech is not permanent. Yeah, what's up with that? That is blatant hero bias. Yep. Genie. So I'd even accept setup on an Oscorp tech card. It doesn't even yeah. start out. You have to shuffle it in. Yeah. yeah. Just, anyways. Uh, my pick is Wave Bracers. Oh, okay. That those things are absolutely insane. We yeah. use them to great great effect. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, the basic card, your hero gets plus one defense, but minus one attack. Gains retaliate one and steady. And then when you flip it over, your hero gains an additional point of defense to two, and then gains retaliate one and stalwart. Mm. So the stalwart is crazy. Even the steady is crazy. The defense, I mean, I play protection, so it's it's great. That retaliate one was just, it meant I could start with an extra porcupine quill, yeah, absolutely. But even that minus one attack isn't so bad because I found that I find a lot of my attacks, unless you're playing an aggression hero, a lot of your attacks tend to be uh, off of cards and don't necessarily use your attack stat. Right, because you're def- you're exhausting to defend because your defense is bigger. Right. Yeah, like if you're attacking yeah. minions, that's one thing. But if you're playing event cards that do your attacking, then this doesn't really hurt. Plus. In Mysterio, you want one attack so oh, that you can ping off those shifting apparitions <laughs> because yeah. if you deal excess damage to them, they go into your deck. Yeah, these are very good. Yeah, they uh, yeah, they they definitely powered me up to obscene levels. Yeah, Stalwart is just so good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, they'll errata that. Um, what's next? <laughs> what's next? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Risk Navigator, which is a card you had out. That. I- I have had this card multiple times in campaigns. Seems like just that's the way it works for me. So the regular side has the setup and permanent, right? Forced response. After a minion or side scheme enters play, attach risk navigator to it. Okay. Interrupt. When the attached card is defeated, draw one card. And then return the risk navigator to your play area. So it comes back to you. All right, and then on the enhanced side, it's permanent with the force response after a minion or side scheme enters play. Attach the risk navigator to it. And then the interrupt really is when the attached card is defeated, draw two cards, then discard one card from your hand. It does not have to be one of the two cards you drew. So this gives you card draw for doing the thing you're going to do anyways, which is beat up minions or side schemes. Um, Now, you don't get to choose, right? It will move if you have attached to a minion and a side scheme comes out, it will move over to that side scheme because it's forced. But uh, you don't even have to be the one to defeat the thing in a multiplayer game. It's just when it's defeated, you right, get the yeah. risk navigator back. So yeah, It can get fiddly in a three or four or four player game with all the, the enemies and things coming out. It's constantly moving around the board in the enemy phase. But it's also right. kind of funny. You have to pay attention to it. You're like, he's over there. He's over there. He's over there. He's over there. Like, yeah, it is. It is an emotional roller coaster. Like, yes, yes, it's on that guy. Oh no, no, it's that stupid side <laughs> team. I don't want to touch. Right, right. I, but I want my cards. And and the timing of it, because you go down the left hand side of the reputation track first, and then you go down the right hand side of the reputation track. You'll have it out as you're moving your way down. So a minion can come out as you're working down the reputation track, and it can start attached to something. So, oh yeah, it's a good uh, point. All right, Daniel, do you have one you want to talk about? I do. It's the one that I had when we played our campaign when I was Nova. It is the Impact Dampening Suit. Now, the regular version, this is the setup version, your identity gets plus two hit points, and as a hero interrupt, when the villain phase begins, 
expend one resource of any type until the end of the phase. Reduce the amount of damage your hero takes from each enemy attack by one. And then the permanent side, the better side, gives you plus three hit points. And when your hero would take any amount of damage from an enemy attack, discard the top card of your deck, prevent one of that damage. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is because if I were the villain, I don't think I mind the heroes having this. I never once in our campaign did that interrupt. Really? I don't think so. The enhanced side is useful because you just pitch a card from the top of your deck, right? Prevent a damage. Yeah, but... Three hit points. It's not a lot. The only time I see that being like, if you take damage from this attack, you are stunned or something like that. And this could prevent that one extra point. It would be worth it. But I agree. This is a very weak one compared to the other two. You look at the other cards, you're like, this is... (laughs) I got a rock. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. I got... (laughs) yeah i never use that i don't i don't really like pitching cards i mean the non-enhanced side is terrible i think it's terrible yeah because you're like wait i'm gonna make my next turn worse and i have to pitch the card before i even know if i'm gonna get hit by anything right so what we're saying is the hero should always take take the impact dampening suit always take it now when the villain phase begins spend a resource yeah so before anyone's attacked, before you take any damage, before... I mean, I guess you can save if you're, you're surrounded by minions. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you have a lot of... If you got, you know that you're in that turn order where you're getting a lot of hazard icon cards, it might be worth it if you're worried about multiple attacks from the villain, minions coming out, things with quick strike, stuff like yeah, that. Still, it's just one damage from each attack. Yeah, I, I guess Mike has a point. It, I mean... And only attacks, guys. So other things that do damage, this doesn't do anything to. Yeah, indirect damage, things like that, right? Yeah. So. Um, I guess if you do have, if you are sitting and there are like three minions in front of you, this could prevent three damage. So Yeah, like one resource for three damage is pretty good. That's okay. See, right. yeah, it, yeah, I agree, though. It doesn't see a lot of use. Yeah, I wasn't in that situation, right? You know, like... No, but I, you were also a champion, and we were playing with a, uh, a pre-eroded card. Yeah, we cheated. Yeah. yeah. And we were playing standard. So, you know, like an expert mode, and this is a thing we've talked about before, like you should always play expert, <laughs> especially the campaigns. I think in expert mode, a hit point can matter. You know, again, like the sort of the economics of of health is way different in expert mode. Totally. I never play expert mode. No, me neither. And <laughs> I, but, I, but I know that like saving a damage here or there could really, really matter. Um, cause in expert mode, you can't recover as much. I don't think in, but in a standard, yeah, I, I had a really weak suit and I could have had, I could have had compact darts, which would have been awesome. Although I never attacked. So yeah, let's, let's, let's gloss over the other few. Cause there's sure. like a few other ones. So compact darts is going to do extra damage. You have to attack and they can remove dart counters and you can do damage up to at like one points of damage. So those are kind of neat, right? Uh, well, the coolest part is that you can reload. Yeah, you have to reload, right? After a certain point, you've you've used them up, and you have to reload, which is kind of cool. It's a good theme. Um, it has an ego action. That's the other does, part. It doesn't even start with darts? No. No, huh. it does not. Interesting. Yeah, you have to... You have, yeah, you're right. It doesn't start with any darts. So You gotta load it. Yeah. And then you have to attack to remove a dart counter to do damage. So the enhanced version hits two at once, so that's kind of neat. It's a tough pinger or whatever. But. Yeah. Uh, laser goggles. Cool. I want laser goggles. Uh, this sounds like a villain card. I don't know why the heroes get laser goggles. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, but they get minus one thwart and plus two, plus to their attack, and they get overkill, and eventually they also get plus two to their attack and overkill with piercing. And the art makes it look like you're at a rave. So that's cool. Yeah, with on the right hero, I mean, five attack and piercing. Is really good with overkill, yeah. So you could be yeah. you could be hitting a two or three health minion and doing a bunch of overkill. So yeah, yeah. Hulk no. with laser goggles, just imagine. Yeah. No. Our propulsion gauntlets. I've used uh, these. I, I use okay. them as nice, nice push button for those. Sometimes you need to like go spider. You need, you need her to be able to do a basic action to do something. So what happens if you're exhausted? 
And oh. this one is exhaust the gauntlet, take two indirect damage. You're just immediately ready. It's just get me out of this this bind, and eventually it boosts your stats. Seems like a fair trade. Two two damage to ready up. It is. I felt this was the most balanced of all of them in that I wanted to use it some turns, but really had to make that choice. Do I really want to take that damage? So, yeah, I really liked it. You just put it on score goal. You're fine. Well, it's indirect. You can only put one. Uh, and, and with the enhanced side, you get stat boost for the, the phase, too. So that's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. And then the retinal display. Uh, this has, gives me flashbacks to Mike's recent tracking debacle with his eyeball but um this one's really <laughs> weird <laughs> your hero's basic thwart can only remove threat from the scheme with the most threat your hero gets plus one thwart and your hero's basic thwart can ignore the crisis icon it's weird yeah i thought this was bad at first until i realized that it's only your basic thwart that's constrained. right right all your event cards and stuff do whatever you want right yeah 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 and then but your basic it's plus one and ignores crisis so Okay, and then it flips, and you get plus two, and it ignores patrol now. Okay, so a little better. Shock Knuckles. After your hero makes a basic attack against an enemy, discard the top card of the encounter deck. If no boost icons were discarded this way, stun that enemy. Not going to happen very much. I don't think it'll happen very often either. Um, Just like, you know, your retinal display permanence, not going to deal with patrol very often, but, you know, I guess it's nice to have. Um... I can see uh, Spider-Woman using this, potentially. She can scry the deck. It's like, oh, nope. Mm. Although she doesn't really have ways to manipulate the deck, so maybe that's not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. If you use any of those shield cards, global logistics, that lets you reset the villain deck, the top four cards. Yeah. Yep. Oh, this is great if you're going to throw in all of those, uh, those one-of cards into the encounter deck that don't have icons on them, like Gardener and... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, Gardner my... Spider Woman is great for this to know what's on the top of the deck before. Yeah, she she'll know. Turn. Yeah, but if it's, but you'll know if she can stun or not. You know, right? Cool. Yeah. So like, make yeah. sure I attack this round. Well, once you level it up, it's one or fewer boost icons, so the chances go up even. So. Yeah. And you get plus one attack too. So. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I guess I said we weren't going to talk about them all, but we did. But anyways. we did. Yeah. Know your enemy, like we you sometimes said. Sometimes talk about those so-called heroes. Overall campaign. We gotta give it a letter grade. Uh, well, where should, does it stand? Can we let Mike make his usual case for why he likes or doesn't like a thing? Um, yeah, okay, so this campaign, I like. Like Overall, it's it's a solid campaign. Um, if I be... There's a giant butt coming, Mike. Well, it's, it, you should always... For helpful criticism, right? Like, I don't want to say everything's perfect, and I want to at least explain um, a gap that I think is in this, and saying right off the bat, like, I think this is probably my favorite campaign. Oh, okay. So, take what I say with that in mind, too, right? So, um, the one thing I noticed, and I said this before, like, when I walked in here with my protection Ghost Spider deck, and I had, you know, an easy time against Venom, um, a lot of the sticks in this campaign key off dealing damage. You've got your 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 um, Sandman, who does it every time he deals damage. You got Venom, who is very when he hits you and when you hit him, like the, it's all damage oh, yeah. related. Whether he damages you, uh, Sinister Six, all of their effects are if they damage you. And I feel like yes, protection is it's supposed to protect you from damage, but I feel like it's more of a silver bullet than it ought to be. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's doing what it does, but I don't think it should have been quite that good in this campaign okay no or maybe balanced by if the villain i don't know if the villain schemes or something too like yeah like have have other ways have to, have to some advance. brainiac villains too like yeah so mm. and they switched up a little bit and we, we talked about them in the individual scenarios about things they could have done to try and and rebalance it a little bit but and like i said this is a perfectly perfectly good campaign yeah, I I enjoy it. So, but I think your criticisms are fair there with the protection. So don't play protection, people. Yeah, always play protection. Uh, I'm giving this an A. Nice. I don't think I've ever rated a campaign. What are you talking about? You just made me say a letter. Uh, it's <laughs> fine. I I agree. I think it's right up there, top tier here. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, we don't have a lot of campaigns to compare it to, but yeah. Daniel, um, I liked it a lot, and you know why I liked it a lot. 
Because I played it with good friends. Oh, that's what matters. Who were they? Andy and Becky. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> no, I just think these campaigns are great. I love, I love progression. I like campaign mode of anything. I like playing with the right people who have the right spirit and aren't cheaty heroes too much. Although we did cheat this one, guys. Um, it was pretty errata. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I feel like every campaign I have said, we really should play that on expert. And expert I, next campaign. And I, and I mean that. I really mean that with this one. I, you said I, that until Galaxy's Most Wanted. <laughs> yeah, and then we like, kind of turned that off. Of I, you know what? I'll be honest. I don't even think of that campaign. I, I'm I'm about as bitter on that one as I am about Mount Doom, Mike. Oh no, no, not Mount Doom levels. Well, Ronin is kind of like I'm just like <laughs> I, like yeah. it's pretty interesting up to that point. I don't know that's a kind of a bad taste in my mouth campaign. And I thought Red Skull was interesting, but it was clearly like. First one, let's try this out. Let's be kind of yeah, yeah, you know. And each each campaign, they get a little cooler, a little more interesting, and stuff like that. I think what you said about the attack thing here, Mike, really resonates. Like I hadn't thought about it, but you're like, oh yeah, it is sort of like a one trick pony between between scenarios, right? And I really yeah. like them. they're super different. That's why I kind of like. I still think I might like Mad Titan the best because those That's scenarios solid. are so different. All right, save some of those thoughts because in an upcoming Supervillain Roundtable episode, we'll kind of take a look back at all the campaigns, maybe do some okay. ranking okay. of our campaigns. Mm-hmm. Folks can stay tuned for one of those coming up very soon. But out of this this specific campaign, do you have one scenario that you just really enjoy? Like you're going to go back to, it hit just mm-hmm. all the right buttons. I can guess what Mike's is. <laughs> the only S tier campaign or level I've ever uh, well, created, yeah. yeah. And everywhere uh, I go, which is people can't oh, it's just yeah. I mean, everywhere you go. Name is my powers. They are deceiving. For me, I think I think I maybe didn't have one until the Sinister Six one was cool. Is this yeah, the yeah. one though where you got to try to get the light out of the end of the tunnel or whatever? Yeah, that's that is sinister. That's six. what I meant. I'm sorry. That's that is sinister sex, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said the right thing. You're not trying to get the light out of the end of the tunnel. You're trying to get to the light. <laughs> no, I want the light out. Out. <laughs> I want the light out of the end of the tunnel. Out. Uh, about light. Yeah. Out. I love that one. I like <laughs> the idea. I like, and the reason I like it is because you're the hero, but you're on the run. Uh, and I think mine is. I'm gonna take it all the way back to Sandman. I just really enjoy that uh, for some really? reason. I, oh. Yeah, I like to play. I like to try a new deck out against Sandman. Um, I think you can scale it interestingly with modular sets. And oh. uh, and you two didn't pick it, so I'm gonna go with something different. No, you're right. It is a good. It is a good testing thing. Just like um, Ebony Mize. You know, sometimes yes. the first one of these campaigns is good to test against. Yeah, almost all of them. Really, actually, all yeah. of them. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the Sinister Motives campaign. We have finished Sinister Motives, my friends. Wow. Ooh. That was a long haul, I feel. It it was. Uh, well, we had some fun other shows mixed in. Sure. So what is, what is next on the horizon after Sinister Motives? I can tell you. Why don't you? I mean, there's some X people, right? Yes. What we're going to do is we will be starting our mutant waves coming up but in the meantime we are gonna have a special issue our next issue will be our first issue that our patrons chose for us Um, we had a patreon poll and they voted and you will have to stay tuned to see what it is and then we're gonna do one of our supervillain roundtables we're gonna talk state of the game our the rrg um update you know campaigns favorite stuff and then that will give us a little bit of room, and then we'll get right into the X-Men. The only thing I'm going to say about this Patreon thing for next week is, like, they basically chose who their favorite host is, Steve. Do you think so? Yep. I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure. No, they chose their favorite host. Who they wanted to make work is what they did. Who deserved to have to go out and do some extra work? Well, that's kind spin, Steve, but we both know that's a lie. Yeah. Work. Wait, he, he only... <laughs> 
<laughs> he only won by one vote. Wait, one what? Vote, so, yeah. I tell you what, Mike. Why don't you let me write the group? <laughs> uh, no, oh. I got this. This one writes itself. <laughs> okay. I promise it'll all be true. Yeah. Accurate. Probably not. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> well, but I want to hear what other people think about this campaign. How yeah. how would anyone tell us? All right, hey folks, uh, we want to hear your thoughts on this campaign. Which player cards do you like seeing in this campaign? Uh, which Osborne tech cards do you not want to see come out, or vice versa? And uh, yeah, let us know. You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube or on Patreon by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Fardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Tuke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Hey, Craven. Oh, no, please. Drop the loincloth. Yeah, put it back. Thank you. Okay, take us out. Use your heads, my friends. Alone, each of us almost beat them. So together, how can we fail? Almost as if you were prepared for a fight, Sandman unleashed a... God damn it, that's going in the outro. No, no, I won't. Not every time. <laughs> but it will. Maybe this one. <laughs> Been a while. Well, well, now... Uh, well, listeners, listeners, don't be too distracted by Mike clearing his throat. He's been chain smoking a forest for two. Oh, months. I'm assuming that uh, Steve's <laughs> going to cut that. <clears throat> yeah, but it's hard to do, so stop it. <laughs> but I'm not doing it while of, I'm talking. It's a lot of editing. Yeah. Oh, good times. He just has to erase my track. Yeah. Well, it's nice having Mike on. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really easy. See. Basically, I'll go <coughs> Black Bunny Brigade. <coughs> Black Bunny okay, that's Brigade. gone. There you go. And then you'll cut the whole damn thing. Can we keep chain smoking a forest? Probably. Oh, you definitely will. Yeah.